Hello, and thank you for listening to this Minutes with Maurice podcast. My apologies to my regular listeners for not airing a podcast last week. It was the first time in almost a year that I didn't do a podcast. My week was overloaded with the logistics of combining two apartments into a single apartment. A lady friend and I decided to cohabit in the same independent living complex. The move was well planned, but the movers ignored the plan and created a disaster. But that's a personal slice of my private life that might be of interest to a few and a ho-hum event to most. Today's podcast is the third of three that focused on the Suez Canal. The canal allows passage of ships to 66 feet of draft or 240,000 deadweight tons and up to a height of 223 feet above water level and a maximum beam of 254 feet under certain conditions. The canal can handle more traffic and larger ships than the Panama Canal as Suez Max dimensions are greater than Panamax and New Panamax. Some supertankers are too large to traverse the canal. Others can offload part of their cargo onto a canal-owned ship to reduce their draft, transit, and reload at the other end of the canal. On April 15, 2021, Egyptian authorities announced they would widen the southern section of the Suez Canal to improve the efficiency of the canal. The plan mainly covers about 19 miles from Suez to the Great Bitter Lake. It will be widened and the maximum depth will be increased from about 66 feet to about 72 feet. Ships approaching the canal from the sea are expected to radio the harbor when they are within 15 nautical miles near Port Said. The canal has no locks because of the flat terrain and the minor sea level difference between each end is inconsequential for shipping. As the canal has no sea surge gates, the ports at the ends would be subject to the sudden impact of tsunamis from the Mediterranean Sea and Red Sea. There is one shipping lane with passing areas near Alcantara and in the Great Bitter Lake. On a typical day, three convoys transit the canal, two southbound and one northbound. The passage takes between 11 and 16 hours at a speed of around 9 miles per hour. The low speed helps prevent erosion of the banks by ships' wakes. By 1955, about two-thirds of Europe's oil passed through the canal. 
Around 8% of world sea trade is carried via the canal. In 2008, more than 21,000 vessels passed through the canal and the receipts totaled over $5 billion with an average cost per ship of $251,000. New rules of navigation came into force on January 2008, passed by the Board of Directors of the Suez Canal Authority to organize vessels' transit. The most important amendments include allowing vessels with 62 feet of draft to pass, increasing the allowed breadth from 105 feet to 131 feet, and imposing a fine on vessels using pilots from outside the Suez Canal Authority, inside the canal boundaries without permission. The amendments allow vessels loaded with dangerous cargo such as radioactive or flammable materials, to pass if they conform with the latest amendments provided by international conventions. The Suez Canal Authority has a right to determine the number of tugs required to assist warships traversing the canal to achieve the highest degree of safety during transit. Before August 2015, the canal was too narrow for free two-way traffic, so ships had to pass in convoys and use bypasses. The bypasses were 48 miles uh, out of 120 miles. From north to south, they are Port Said bypasses, or entrances, 23 miles. Bala Bypass and Anchorage, 6 miles. Timsaw Bypass, 3 miles. And Adeverswai Bypass, which is the northern end of the Bitter Lake, 17 miles. The bypasses were completed in 1980. Typically, it would take a ship 12 to 16 hours to transit the canal. The canal's 24-hour capacity was about 76 standard ships. In August 2014, Egypt chose a consortium that includes the Egyptian Army and Global Engineering Firm to develop an international industrial and logistics hub in the Suez Canal area. And began the construction of a new canal section, 37 to 59 miles, combined with expansion and deep digging of the other 23 miles of the canal. This will allow navigation in both directions simultaneously in the 45-mile central section of the canal. These extensions were formally opened on August 6, 2015, by President Al-Sisi. 
Since the canal does not cater to unregulated two-way traffic, all ships transit in convoys on regular times, scheduled on a 24-hour basis. Each day, a single northbound convoy starts at 4 a.m. from Suez. At dual-lane sections, the convoy uses the eastern route. Synchronized with the convoy's passage is the southbound convoy. It starts at 3.30 a.m. from Port Said and so passes the northbound convoy in the two-lane section. A railway on the west bank parallels the canal for its entire length. Five pontoon bridges were opened between 2016 and 2019. They are designed to be movable and and can be completely rotated against the banks of the canal to allow shipping through, or else individual sections can be moved to create a narrower channel. Six new tunnels for cars and trains are also planned across the canal. Currently, there is only one tunnel connecting Suez to the Sinai. Economically, after its completion, the Suez Canal benefited primarily the sea trading powers of the Mediterranean countries, which now had much faster connections to the near and far east than the north and west European sea trading nations, such as Great Britain or Germany. The main Hasburg trading port of Trieste, with its direct connections to Central Europe, experienced a meteoric rise at that time. The time saved in the 19th century for an assumed steamship trip to Bombay from Brindisi and Trieste, Liverpool, London, Amsterdam, and Hamburg, 24 days. At that time, it was also necessary to consider whether the goods to be transported could bear the costly canal tariff. This led to a rapid growth of Mediterranean ports with their land routes to Central and Eastern Europe. According to today's information from the shipping companies, the route from Singapore to Rotterdam through the route around Africa Suez shall be shortened by 3,700 miles, and thus by nine days compared to the route around Africa. As a result, liner services between Asia and Europe, thanks to the shorter route. The Suez Canal has a correspondingly important role in the connection between East Africa and the Mediterranean region. In the 20th century, trade through the Suez Canal came to a standstill several times due to the two world wars and the Suez Canal crisis. 
Many trade flows were also shifted away from the Mediterranean ports towards northern European terminals, such as Hamburg and Rotterdam. Only after the end of the Cold War, the growth in European economic integration, the consideration of emission, and the Chinese Silk Road Initiative, our Mediterranean ports, carrying again at the focus of growth and investment. Before the canal's opening in 1869, goods were sometimes offloaded from ships and carried overland between the Mediterranean and the Red Sea. In recent years, the shrinking Arctic sea ice has made the northern sea route feasible for commercial cargo ships between Europe and East Asia during a six to eight week window in the summer months, shortening the voyage by thousands of miles compared to that through the Suez Canal. According to polar climate researchers, as the extent of the Arctic summer ice pack recedes, the route will become passable without the help of icebreakers for a greater period each summer. The Bremen-based Beluga Group claimed in 2009 to be the first Western company to attempt using the Northern Sea Route without assistance from icebreakers, cutting 4,000 miles off the journey between Ulsan, Korea and Rotterdam, the Netherlands. Sailing ships such as the Windjammer in the heyday of the great grain race between Australia and Europe during the 1930s often preferred the Cape Horn route when going to Europe due to prevalent wind directions, even though it is slightly longer from Sydney to Europe this way than past Cape Agulas. In February 2012, Israel announced its intention to construct a railway between the Mediterranean and Eilat through the Negev Desert to complete with the canal. By 2019, the project had been indefinitely frozen. The opening of the canal created the first saltwater passage between the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. Although the Red Sea is about four feet higher than the eastern Mediterranean, the current between the Mediterranean and the middle of the canal at the Bitter Lakes flows north in winter and south in summer. The current south of the Bitter Lakes is tidal, varying with the tide at Suez. The Bitter Lakes, which were hypersaline natural lakes, blocked the migration of Red Sea species into the Mediterranean for many decades. But as the salinity of the lakes gradually equalized with that of the Red Sea, the barrier to migration was removed, and plants and animals 
from the Red Sea have begun to colonize the eastern Mediterranean. The Red Sea is generally saltier and more nutrient-poor than the Atlantic, so the Red Sea species have advantages over Atlantic species in the less salty and nutrient-rich eastern Mediterranean. Accordingly, most Red Sea species invade the Mediterranean biota, and only few do the opposite. This migratory phenomenon is called Lesepsian migration. Starting in 1968 was the operation of Aswan High Dam across the Nile. While providing for increased human development, the project reduced the inflow of fresh water and ended all natural nutrient-rich silt entering the eastern Mediterranean at the Nile Delta. This provided less natural dilution of Mediterranean salinity and ended the higher levels of natural turbidity, additionally making conditions more like those in the Red Sea. Invasive species originating from the Red Sea and introduced into the Mediterranean by the canal have become a major component of the Mediterranean ecosystem and have serious impacts on the ecology, endangering many local and endemic species. About 300 species from the Red Sea have been identified in the Mediterranean, and there are likely others to be yet identified. The Egyptians' government's intent to enlarge the canal raised concerns from marine biologists who feared that it would enhance the invasion of the Red Sea species. Construction of the canal was preceded by cutting a small freshwater canal called Sweetwater Canal from the Nile Delta along Wadi Tumalat to the future canal, with a southern branch to Suez and a northern branch to Port Said. Completed in 1863, these brought fresh water to a previously arid area, initially for canal construction and subsequently facilitating growth of agriculture and settlements along the canal. This concludes part three of three podcasts referring to the Suez Canal. Much of it is very confusing. I hope some of it was enlightening. And please click on forward to follow me next week on another Minutes with Maurice podcast. Oh, and by the way, if you ever plan a move in the city of Hernando, Florida, Please contact me to find out who not to employ as a mover. Until then, I am Maurice St. Germain.